Hey folks, this is Ryan from the Bear Down Chicago podcast. If you're listening to this, you may have missed the announcement that we started recording live episodes on YouTube. You want to go check that out at Bear Down Chi Pod. Uh, but we use some brand new recording software in the hopes that it would sound the same and keep the same quality, but you're going to hear it in this episode. It is not the same. Some of the levels, some of the things not sounding as good as what we're accustomed to, but here's the good news. We're pretty sure that we can fix it for the next episode while also getting that live episode on YouTube. So please excuse our mess for this particular episode. Bear down, everybody. You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dangle. If you want to find me on Twitter, you can hit me at Ryan Dangle. I am also joined by Brendan Chagru, the assistant editor of Bears Wire. If you want to find Brendan on Twitter, you can hit him at Brendan Chagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. Jack Wright is also with us. If you want to find Jack on Twitter, you can hit him at Bear Down Jack. Patrick Sheldon, you can read him on the Windy City as part of the Fan Sided Network, or you can find him on Twitter at P underscore Shells. Now, boys, before we get too far into things, this is it, our first live stream. And I don't know about you guys, but there's kind of sort of a ginormous guest with us that we are <laughs> thrilled, elated to have with us. So uh, just really, really quick, just to get this out of the way, since this is our first live show, especially for our audio only listeners, if you notice a huge drop off, in quality of sound or something along those lines, please don't leave us in the dark. Shoot us an email, find us on Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is, at Bear Down Chai Pod, uh, and just kind of let us know if you are noticing anything. But boys, this is huge mungus. This is fantastic. Uh, former Chicago Bear, Tom Waddle, host or co-host rather of the ESPN 1000 Waddle and Sylvie show. Tom Waddle, welcome to the show. How are you, buddy? I'm good. Yes, co-host. If you if you suggest that I'm just the host, Sylvia will get pissed off. He'll get uh, he'll get butt hurt, and next thing you know, he yelled at when I walk into the office tomorrow. So, co-host, we've been together now almost 16 years too. So you would think something like that wouldn't bother him, but like we won't tell him. Okay. Sylvie loves the shout outs. He loves shout out oh. to Sylvie real quickly. He loves getting shout outs. So you know, make sure got to do that. Yeah. Brendan, you're right. Like that man, he's the best in the business. Like I love him dearly, but you you could see this the sparkle in his eyes when he'll get a shout out. If it's someone like Grainy, if Grainy mentions his name, get up or somewhere, it's like it's like a holiday for him. So I think you you made his day or you made his night by giving him a, a shout out. We're so appreciative of you coming on, Tommy. I was 
fortunate to see you at your your remote out in, in Lyle and you and you and Sylvia are so so gracious. Like we always say, it's nice to be able to meet you guys and and you're just accessible and and, and friendly. And it's just like meeting somebody that is a Bears fan that loves the Bears like you and, and just wants to chat about it. So thanks a lot. We, we really yeah. appreciate that. It's my pro, uh, my pleasure. Look, I, I mean, this is kind of what. You know, I was I was welcome into this city in 1989. It probably was more welcoming in 91 after people kind of know who I was after toiling on the practice squad for a couple of years. But I've, I've had such a great relationship with this city. I uh, never left. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy what I do. Uh, I love uh, being interactive with the fans and everyone in this great city. And um, so, yeah, it's it's my it's my pleasure. And I, I appreciate you guys having me. There's lots to talk about with today's game. What were your primary takeaways from from the Bears game today? You know, I was really pleased with how these guys fight. Um, you know, I, there's a certain group of guys. There's a core. You know, let's face it. I mean, this is this is a difficult business, and and your 53 in one year is not going to be your 53 the following year. There's going to be a lot of turnover, um, especially with this group and the situation they find themselves in. I think everyone who watches this team and has watched this team since the start of the year understands this is a complete rebuild. So there are going to be plenty of guys that you see in Bears Bears uniforms this year that won't be in Bears uniforms next year. So I guess with that as the backdrop, you you got to try to figure out who the core is and who makes up that core. And, and I, some of them are obvious, obviously. Um, you know, but I thought today you saw Jalen Johnson, a, a really good football player in my world. Uh, I think he's played hurt a little bit this year, but I, I think you saw he 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 handles himself very well pretty much every Sunday out there. Uh, I think having Brisker and Gordon back was very, very important for this team, and I thought both of those guys played well. Obviously, Justin continues to to make everybody excited about the future and does things to change you know each and every game. Uh, you can argue that he changes each and every possession. So there are a lot of guys out there that that are going to be part of the core going forward that I thought played really well today against one of the better teams in the NFL. And some would argue the best team in the NFC, if not the best team in the NFL. I think we caught them at the right time. You know, they've, they've got they've got Dallas next Saturday. Um, they probably thought they were going to come in here to Chicago and just show up and beat us by 40. And and I give those guys a ton of credit. I give the coaches a lot of credit for having guys ready and uh, they were flying around, as Dave Wanstead likes to say. They played hard. Uh, ultimately, they're outmanned skill-wise. But I guess my overall feeling from today was is that I was proud of how hard these guys played, knowing that um, you know the team across from them was significantly more talented. Tom, I was going to ask you later, but you mentioned it, so I'll bring it up now. What do you think that's attributable to? Is it is it the coaching staff? Is it one or two guys in the locker room being leaders and stepping up? But it's been a long, tough season for them. How have they been able to kind of you know ride this thing out and not not turn on each other? Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, the first thing I would say is is like, look, this is your job. You know, you're not a high school kid any longer. So if you can't get jacked up to go out there and play 17 games, then you're probably in the wrong profession, especially with the turnover that exists. So, I mean, I think that's at the base. That's at the core. You know, you expect guys to go out there and play their asses off because this is what they do for a living. But they're also human and, and they all probably feel what you just described. It's been a really difficult year in a lot of ways. Um, 
everyone's motivated by different things. Everyone's at a different stage of their career and are looking to, to establish themselves at different times. But I would point to the coaching staff. Look, they, they haven't been infallible this year. Um, I, I think Luke Getzi's done a fabulous job, you know, going along the season and, and trying to find creative ways to put guys in position to take advantage of what they do well. I think he's done a really nice job with Justin and bringing him along and playing to his strengths. But he has moments, too, as a first-time coordinator. So, you know, nobody's perfect out there. But but I think I think Matt Eberflus is is created a, a good vibe. You know, we had this conversation a lot at the station about, you, you know, the, you know, learning to win or building, you know, learning how to win games as opposed to learning how to lose games. If we're having the same conversation next year at this time, then I'll be bothered by what I'm seeing. But I think that there's actually a good vibe with this group. And I think there's a good culture that's being built despite the record. I may be wrong. I may be proven wrong next year, but I think the fact that they come out there and they play their asses off uh, does speak first and foremost to them and who they are, but to their coaching staff as well. So, you know, I, I, I hate to get in this business of, of constantly talking about moral wins when you've lost seven in a row or moral victories. I don't even think they're moral victories. It's just like my expectation level for this team when the season began was, look, this is going to be bumpy as hell because they don't match up talent-wise with the rest of the teams in the league. So it's not going to be pleasant, but as long as the quarterback develops and shows us that he's the future and there's progress that's made, that's what was more important to me than actually the win-loss record. So I think I've seen some really important development in the most important position and elsewhere as well. So despite the record, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually optimistic about this team. As optimistic as you can be about a 3-11 team. <laughs> right. uh, just to, to follow up real quick um, on the game, it, some have said that Fields kind of takes a lot of hits that aren't called personal fouls or late hits or roughing the pass or whatever. Um, regardless, it seems like that every week there's one or two plays where they could call them and they don't. Is there anything, in your opinion, the Bears can do about that? Do you have any explanation as to why he may not be getting those calls, or what are your thoughts on that? Well, what the Bears can do is consistently send the video of these plays into the league office. Now, again, that you may be – whizzing in the wind as they like to say by doing that and it you just want to put it on the brains of everybody you know in the industry so you you want to make sure and and i'm sure the coaching staff before the game's kicked off like if you've ever been to a game which i know all of you guys have been to like there's interaction between the coaches and the players and the officials to a certain degree like i wouldn't be shocked if every single game luke gets he's going to the officials and saying hey listen you guys got to protect my guy obviously He's a dual threat out there. Um, you know, just because he he runs a lot doesn't mean that the opposing team could take shots at him. So just be aware when he goes into his slide, he's off limits. I thought that was another missed call today for sure. I do think it's getting a little bit better. It's really, you know, I, I have a little bit of sympathy for defenses on this front. He is so damn dynamic that – if you don't load up and try to bring him down, flinch at all, thinking he's going to slide, he's gone. Like, he's so much bigger, faster, and stronger than anyone thinks that it makes it almost impossible for a defensive player to try and bring him down. And now you have to worry about if that last split second he's going to slide. So um, 
I, I do have a little bit of, of, of you, you know, I, I do think it's it's difficult. I have some sympathy for some of the defensive players. I think it's a matter of, of him being in the league as well. I probably you could go back and look at Philadelphia Eagles film last year, and Jalen Hurst probably wasn't getting a ton of calls. Maybe Josh Allen wasn't before as well. But um, hopefully all of that will will take care of itself as he continues to establish himself as, you know, a difference maker in the league. So, Tom, speaking of, of Fields and everything he's done, um, another kind of, I guess, takeaway from this game was that there was a ton of injuries, unfortunately. Equinemia St. Brown with his concussion, Tevin Jenkins, I think Nicholas Morrow left. And then Fields yeah. ended up having that scary-looking – yeah, and then uh, Fields had that scary-looking leg injury. Turns out it was just cramps. But I think we were all shocked that he actually entered the game again knowing they were down. How did you feel about the decision to bring him back? Um, you know, in real time, like what I, Matt Eberflus did. Yeah, I was, Brendan, I was a little, I was a little gun shy about it as well. I think I actually, we have a text chain with all the guys at the station. And I think I sent out a text that like, if I don't see him again, the rest of the game, I'm fine. Uh, I am one that I'm an advocate of him playing because I think these are invaluable experiences for him and every pass he throws is another learning example or a learning experience for him. Like if you go and look at his stats, I mean, prior to the, the, the ball being kicked off today, there's 28 quarterbacks in the league, 27, 28 quarterbacks in the league that have thrown more passes than him this year. And and I, I use that stat just from a learning perspective. And, and, you know, like I want him out there. I want him being put in situations. I don't want him out there if he's hurt. I don't want them compromising him you know, in an unnecessary way. But I think every single snap he can take and every throw that he can make is going to be a learning experience for him. So I am an advocate of him playing. I know that there have been, there have been people that have suggested the last several weeks, I'll put him on the shelf. We've seen enough. You know, I, I don't think you can play the game that way. I don't think that that he would be, you know, willing to do that as well. And I do think that there are several things that he can learn and be you know, the things, the positive things that can come from him playing. Um, with that said, you know, I mean, look, I I, I think we, we're we a little gun shy now because we kind of know what we have here. and We want to protect it. And I think going into the future, I think, this, I, I think that's going to be my biggest concern along the way is, is that when you have a quarterback, A, that's asked to do that much, and B, is exposed to so much, He'll learn and he has learned how to get out of bounds and take fewer hits and protect himself. But there's an, there's just a natural attrition physically that will take place that you just worry, you know, the electric guy that is out there in week six, seven, eight, nine, can he be that same player at the tail end of the season if you're asking him to do all of these things? So I think that's another dynamic going forward next year is how do they – how do they use this remarkable skill, but at the same time pace him in such a way that A, protects him, and B, makes sure that he's got enough left in the tank at the end of the season because he's got the entire offense on his back. So I guess going back to I, I, the, the circling back, I think what I'm trying to get at is, is I know this is a first-year head coach and this is a first-year offensive coordinator. I think they know what they got as well, and I'd be shocked if they were recklessly putting someone in harm's way without – all the necessary information. So once they know he's had trouble with cramps in the past as well, if, as long as they know this isn't an injury, then I have no problem with him playing, but I'm not going to lie. I, when he went out, I said to my guys, I was like, look, if he doesn't come back, I'm totally cool with this. 
Tom, we've got a couple listener questions. Hopefully we can run a, a few of those past you. Um, Valus Jones, uh, I know that it was one of the hot topics on Twitter today. A lot of thoughts on, on Valus Jones. Uh, our, our buddy Anthony Morrissey from the Irish Bear Show is kind of wondering, do you think it's too hard for him that he's just having a difficulty adjust? Is it time to give up on him? What are you kind of thinking about the whole Valus Jones situation? Well, it doesn't look good. I mean, I, that's, you know, he was, I think, you know, I think many would suggest, and I think when he was drafted in the third round, there were several people, I think Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay and others said that he was a little bit overdrafted. Um, he has been thrust into important situations at times and even, un, you know, normal situations and really has struggled. Um, I think we live in a here and now environment, and the easy thing to do is say the kid's a bust, and he's not a kid, he's 25. I mean, for the love of everything good and pure, he's probably the oldest receiver on the team, and he's a rookie. Um, but I, I look, 2022 has just been a, a quote-unquote disaster for him. He got started late because he had the injury in training camp. He had the two muff punts. He had the fumble today. They're trying to get him involved in the passing game, for crying out loud. You're without Claypool today. You're without Harry um, you know, EQ goes out early in the game and you're just trying to find ways to getting the ball and it's just not clicking. So uh, I would say 2022 has been, uh, to be kind, has been difficult to him. I don't think that you can give up on anyone after one year, but um, but it hasn't, it, it, it has, he hasn't been the player that they hoped that he would be. And, and, and listen, it's it's been difficult inside that offensive huddle because they could use difference-making bodies, and the hope was that he could come in and, and make a difference early. And right now, he's he's not helping anything, including himself. Tom, this one coming in from our guy, Dan Dundas. What type of self-assessments do you think Luke Getze could make for the 2023 season? What impact who polls maybe goes out and gets in the spring? Um, I think, like, is. As much as I've been a fan of Luke, I've also said, look, I think that there have been some moments where I'd like them to be more aggressive. I'd like for them to not run the ball third and third and ten in the red zone. I'd like to see them try to give Justin an opportunity to make plays. So there have been moments when I've been critical of him. But overall, like, you know, we always talk about how frustrated Justin might must be by not having a ton of talent inside his offensive huddle. How frustrated do you think the offensive coordinator is? Like that, he doesn't have more talent in his offense. I bet he's got some some cool plays that he'd like to to, to call that you know m- that may make us all go, "Wow, that was pretty awesome." But he doesn't have the resources. So um, I think it's been a really good first year for Luke Getzey. I'm not one of these. You know, I railed against everyone that was so pissed off in week you know, whatever it was after the short buy coming out of, out of the commander's game. And I, then I think they went to the short buy and then came out, they had the long week and everyone was like, where were all these quarter design quarterback runs? Well, well, look, Justin was learning his third offense in three years. The coordinator's learning his own, his own roster. Like they're trying to install an offense. All of this stuff takes time. So, and they're going to be bumps, especially when like, he's not coordinating an offense that's got, Devonte Smith and AJ Brown and, and Miles Sanders and you know and Dallas Goddard when he's available as well like he he doesn't have he's not working with other guys with, with other coordinators are working with so 
Um, I think he's really done a nice job trying to bring out the best in, in, in Justin. And I think that his self-scout, you know, maybe, I don't know what he would say. Maybe he, he gets a little conservative at times. Uh, at times. Um, and I definitely think that if he goes into Ryan Poles' offense, the offense at the end of the, the year, it, I, my guess is, is on his wish list is, first of all, guys that can secure a pocket that can allow him to call full complement of plays. And then guys out on the uh, on the flank and the, out on the edge that he trusts that can also you know make things happen for his quarterback. But uh, all things considered, I I think you know with with some of the limitations they have, I, I'm surprised that this group has done as much as they have with what they have. Tom, we know you're a big fan of, of Twitter. You're on it all the uh, time, and you you no really doubt. love it. Uh, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of criticism there and elsewhere of, of polls already uh, having what seems to be an inability so far to target talent, specifically at offense. A lot of guys seems like he, you know, a chip in a chair and he was hoping for the best. And it just it really hasn't panned out. We talked about Valus Jones just a moment ago. Are you concerned at this point about polls ability to, to target talent? Um. I mean, concerns is a bit of a strong word. We haven't even, he hadn't been in the chair for a year, um, but I'm not ignoring it. I mean, of course. And I think that, I think offensive, I, I think my, my concern is on the offensive end. Um, I think defensively, look, I, I think both the young kids, second round picks, Brisker and Gordon, I have, have accounted, you know, for a lot of production back there. I think they, they, they've done quite well. I think Gordon struggled a little bit earlier, but they were asking him to do a ton like they were asking him to play outside. They were asking him to play inside. You know, that's a, that's a bitch. I mean, that's a hard, that's a, that's a, that's quite, that's a hard task for a guy, you know, I mean, to learn how to play both inside and outside. Um, but he, I think he's played really, I think he's played really well. I think that there's, there are some concerns. Yeah. I mean, I think, how could you not? I mean, the Valus Jones pick, if you, you're overdrafted and you haven't seen what you wanted, I think that that certainly would, you know, would bring some concern. I think, you know, you haven't seen from Claypool what you wanted to see from Claypool just yet. Um, I think that 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 is definitely, you know, until he finds an answer out on the edge at the wide receiver position, whether it's in the draft or free agency, um, you know, I think that those questions are going to be out there. And, and, and I think that, you know, I think some of them are, are legitimate. I think Braxton Jones is still trying to you know, there are moments when he plays really, really well. He's really athletic. He's got good feet. He does a lot of stuff really, really well. But he's from a small school, and he got thrust in as a starting left tackle in the National Football League as a rookie. I think he needs to spend, you know, six straight months in the weight room and have guys with some, you know, maybe call Owen Crutes and some of the fellas to have him come over there and coach him up and, and get him strong and get his technique where it needs to be. But I think there's a chance that he could be a really good player. Um but yeah, I think that, you know, I think that there's some concern that, you know, the first couple of swings that they have taken at that particular position, which is a position of weakness uh, so far, there hasn't been a ton of impact. So, and that's being generous. So, uh, but I wouldn't, again, you know, I, I don't mean to sound like a homer. I, I'm, I, I understand what people are saying. And I, and yes, concern is a, you know, if you want to be concerned, I, 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 I can't fault you for it, but you know, you, Claypool needs to be in this system and during a training camp. And let's then let's see, let's see what he does next year. The the issues I would say with him is, is like he's freakishly athletic. He's six four and two twenty-five and runs a four four. And 
you know, he's a guy that should be able to, whether you know the playbook or not, it's like laying out, you know, hang out on the right. We're going to run you on a nine route or we're going to run you on a post route and just go high point the ball. And we're going to see if you can make an individual play for us. And, and, you know, we haven't seen a lot of that right now, but I wouldn't jump the gun and say that, that it was a miss. I, I think you got to give it a little bit of time, but if, if you're concerned, I'm, I understand. So, Tom, I actually was going to ask you about this, um, but I think since you brought it up, uh, now's a great time. Claypool coming over from the Steelers midseason, he's already like learned a whole nother playbook, and now he's coming over halfway through trying to do the same thing on the fly with a new team. You, I feel like you rarely see wide receiver trades midseason actually make a big impact their first year, aside from Mari, Amari Cooper in 2018. So somebody who played the position, like, you know, how difficult is it to kind of, you know, jump in midstream, be like, okay, trying to, you know, get as much ready to go while also, you know, my head's already filled up with my previous play schemes. Like, can you kind of, you know, talk to that in a sense? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it'd be a hell of a lot easier if you, I was built like him versus the way I was, the way I was. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's an entirely different language. Uh, you're learning a new scheme. You're learning a new, you know, a verbiage. It's, uh, and this offense as well, you're going to be asked to block because they're going to run the football and they're going to do some unique things that other teams may not do. So it's probably a little bit bigger adjustment than going from, to, you know, from where he went to a different team. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I did expect more. Again, I think that there are moments where he is just so physically gifted. You can expect him to have an impact in a game just because He's a dynamic athlete, and we really didn't see a ton of that. But again, this offense is still in its 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 infancy stage because you're still trying to bring along a quarterback. You know, you're trying to learn what he is comfortable with and and what he's maybe not so comfortable with, and you've got protection issues, and it's just it's it's a difficult situation for a lot of guys. So I guess the thing I would say is is. I'm personally going to exercise patience. I think it would be foolish for anyone to say this guy's a bust or that guy's a bust. It's a little early. If you say that, you may end up being proven correct. But I just think that I think you need to see all of these guys spend an offseason together and see what they can come up with. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to try to tell somebody. I mean, you know, I try to, I know it is the holiday season, so I'll try to spread some cheer, but I'm not, you know, I'm not going to try to blow smoke at you. you know, it, it's, it hasn't been as impactful as I thought. Tom, where are you at on the whole the Bears are tanking topic? Is that, again, top, is that just a conversation for, for the Twitter folks but really has no impact on what they're doing at Hallis Hall? Or is there a shred of truth to the idea that the Bears are tanking? I don't think they're trying to tank. I think it's just a natural event because, again, they are so outmanned on a number of different fronts. Um, you know, I, I, I don't I, – I, if they were tanking, they'd sit Justin. You know, they'd protect their asset and they would protect the fact that now I think with the Denver Broncos winning today, they have the second overall pick in the draft. I don't believe they're tanking. I don't, don't believe these players are tanking. I, I believe they're trying as hard as they can. Um I just think, as I've said, I, I think they're outmanned. I think when we get to the final game of the season against the Minnesota Vikings, if you do have, like as I said earlier, I'm a total advocate for Justin playing. I'm an advocate for if you're healthy and you're young and you're trying to make an impact and you're 
potentially part of the future here in Chicago. I want you to play because these are invaluable experiences and moments for you. The one, the, the, the one area where I would kind of go against that and maybe tap the brakes is the final week of the season against the Vikings. Again, as I said, if you have the second pick secured and there's any way that you beat a Vikings team that may have nothing to play for in terms of their playoff status um, and, and their seeding, um, you win that meaningless game against a team that's not trying and that kind of screws up your draft status, there's where I can see, you know, you decide that maybe the guys aren't feeling real well up at Hollis Hall during the week. <laughs> but now these these reps are too valuable and whatever happens, happens. But when you get to week 18, 17th game of the season against the Vikings, you could talk me into everybody missing the trip. Tom, we got a couple more listener questions coming in. Uh, Levi White and Tim Johnson have somewhat similar version of the question. Levi wants to know what position you draft for the Bears' first pick. Well, Tim wants to know, are the Bears going to be better off drafting a wide receiver or signing a proven veteran? Where do you, where do you kind of see those things? I'll take the second question first. I think that, that realistically um, – I don't know how – I don't believe in free agency there is going to be anyone that will knock your socks off that's going to be available. But but they've got so many assets with regard to cap space and draft currency that you don't know when a guy is going to be available via trade. Now, you saw Chase Claypool was available during the season via trade. You saw last year in the offseason A.J. Brown was available via trade. You saw Tyreek Hill. Uh, you just don't know when that – you know, the next disgruntled, talented wide receiver – is going to be made available either because he wants the hell out of there or because for salary cap reasons, they have to move on from a player. So I think they're sitting pretty on that front. Like they can swoop in and make a deal for someone if that guy does come available. But I don't think that guy is going to just naturally be available in free agency. I haven't looked at the list um, recently, but I know that was one of the reasons why Ryan Poles decided to make the trade for Claypool because the free agent list this offseason isn't going to be overly impressive. Draft-wise, um, you know, I would be an advocate, truthfully. You know, and again, things could change, um, and don't hold me to it, but, like, if you have the second pick of the draft, and there's three quarterbacks that that are coveted by teams, you know, obviously there's the kid from, from Ohio State, there's the kid from Alabama, and there's a the kid from Kentucky. If you're sitting at number two and you get someone that you can fleece in a trade, that just has to jump up to draft that quarterback, then I'd be a, a huge advocate. If you're going to win that trade decisively to acquire more assets and, and be very open to moving that pick. Um, I will, I, I kind of subscribe to the theory that Ryan, you know, put in place last year in the draft that like he said, look, this is my board. This is how I'm going to grade guys, regardless of position. And because we have so many needs, I'm not going to focus on any particular position. That's why you know, he drafted a safety and he drafted a corner in his first two picks in the second round this past offseason. And everyone kind of was wringing their hands and gnashing their teeth and they were all upset because we needed offense. Well, the first the last thing that I wanted to see was my new general manager come to town, tell you how he was going to do his job. And then on draft day, decide that, ah, oh, you know what, I just had this feeling. I went away from my board and I knew we needed a receiver. So we went that direction. No, I, I think you have to, you have to have a process and you have to stick to it. Um, so there are so many positions 
of need. Like they need to rework their entire offensive line from my perspective, whether you're moving a couple of guys around, but you're going to have to add a couple, three guys to that line. You're going to have to, to improve your, your wide receiving core. You're going to have to find some pass rushers. I mean, it's criminal how, you know, how few sacks they have this year. You're going to have to find a three technique defensive tackle. That is kind of an anchor of what they do uh, in the middle of what they've got going on. So like they've got a number of, of issues um, I think in the National Football League, with regard to the importance of position for me personally, I rank quarterback one, the guys who chase quarterbacks two, the guys who protect quarterbacks three, and then I'll argue with you whether or not it's it's a cornerback or a wide receiver. But I think that for me, in terms of power ranking positions after the quarterback, it, it, it's the guys that get to the quarterback and the guys that protect them. So. Um, they definitely need another tackle. They definitely need some pass rushers. They definitely need some wide receivers. If they don't move out of two, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna have their pick of whoever. So I'm just not an advocate of if you get to two and you're like, hey, um, we've decided that what we need most is a wide receiver, but you don't have a wide receiver on your board ranked that is worth the second pick. Don't do it. Draft the guy who you feel is the best player at two and. And that's just the philosophy that, that personally I would follow. Tom, this is the last question from one of our listeners. Connor Wright wants to know, who do you feel like has really stepped up, stepped into a role and, and just crushed it? Who's, who's, who's been that guy this season? Justin Fields. And he's the most important player on your roster. Um, the most important aspect of the 2022 season in my world was, was the development of your young quarterback. A, could he become the guy? And B, could this coaching staff prove to you that they were the guys that could bring him along? Um, I think there were a lot of questions about that last year. And I think what we saw was a coaching staff, not to kick them while they're down or that since they've moved out of town, they really didn't know how to develop guys. Um, you know, I was never someone who believed that Mitch Trubisky was a guy that was a difference-making quarterback. I don't think he's the worst QB in the world. I think he's a good kid. He's a hard worker. He's a good leader. But I never thought he was a difference-maker. And I think it took them to his fourth year and the final five games of his fourth year to actually put him into a position where they were doing things to take advantage of what he actually did well or or enhance the things, his strengths. Um so I think coaching, you know, there's two aspects of this entire thing, whether it's baseball, basketball, or football, there's, there's talent. You know, you, you have to, you have to be able to acquire talent or identify talent. Then you got to be able to develop it. And I think that, again, I go back to this co- coaching staff. I think they've done a pretty nice job developing Justin, but there's, there's, there was no bigger question in my mind in this town with regard to this football team than is Justin your guy at the end of 2022 is he your guy because it was going to be we thought when the season began it was going to be a quarterback rich draft so if he wasn't your guy you were going to have some options well I think he's proven emphatically that he is your guy so to watch what he can do and the skill set that he has that that I mean, what, we could sit here and argue, is there one other guy that can do some of the stuff he does? Is it Lamar when Lamar's healthy? He is such a better, like, I had this argument with someone at our station weeks and weeks ago. Well, Josh Allen, no. Josh Allen runs a 4A. Like, Josh Allen's great. And you saw that on full display last night. Fabulous. And when he's humming and he's running, you don't want to get in the way of that. 
but he runs a four eight. Justin's six foot three and two hundred and thirty pounds and runs a four four. Like I mean, Dang. you know, you saw. I think I've had arguments with people. Well, Jalen Hurts is every bit the athlete that Justin is. No, he's not. I mean, he just isn't. Like you saw that on full display today. Not a shot at Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen. Those guys are great quarterbacks. But when it comes to the athletic ability, like maybe Lamar. So, you know, he's got a skill set that is just so unique. And I think that, it, you know, it, it, it's such a pain in the ass for defenses to try. It puts so much pressure on that. The touchdown pass to Pringle today is a direct result of them losing, mm-hmm. losing their shape defensively because Justin was on the edge and they were scared to death. Slay was scared to death he was going to run. Next thing you know... You know, Pringles at the seven yard line with no one 20 yards around him. Like that's that's part of your offense. Like people don't understand. Like it's they'll tailor an offense around what he does well. You know, is he a see it, throw it guy still? Yeah. Does he still need to improve on other things? Absolutely. This is a skill set that you can't teach. And now it's up to the coaching staff in the following year. The next year is to find guys in the huddle that protect him better, find some guys on the flank that can do some 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 better things, uh, and, and continue to to put him in a position to to do what he does well. I mean, I'm excited. I, I I'm not you know I'm not driving him to Canton tomorrow. I, I mean, there's a long way to go, but you know it's been a long time since you were this excited about. You know, the guy who plays the most important position in, in all of the sport in your town. So to me, it's, you know, 2022 was about Justin Fields telling everybody physically and, you know, with his play that, you know, he's your guy going forward. Tom, we we know we have a couple minutes left. Uh, we want to get some fun questions to you. But first, our guy, Patrick Sheldon. He was so excited to talk with you. He's been a huge fan of yours since your playing days. And he had a question about one of your former teammates. (laughs) Yeah, I got to say, if you'll indulge me for just a second, this is like super surreal for me. Uh, I told this story on the pod before, but when I was a kid, uh, I grew up across the street from an apartment complex and there was a bush in front of their parking garage. And I used to go out there, and on Saturdays, I was Rick Meyer throwing to Rocket Ishmael. And on Sundays, I was Jim Harbaugh throwing to Tom Waddle. So, like, to talk to you now and talk about Bears football has been, like, super surreal for me. So, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for joining us, and I really appreciate it. And this is just – it's been a really cool moment. Um, Uh, My pleasure. It's my pleasure. Listen, I think – I grew up in a small town in Ohio in Cincinnati, and, and, you know – I I always dreamed of being an NFL player, but I never really thought it would the reality, you know, would come to be. So, um, you know, I'm I'm very thankful for the career I had and very humble for the experience. And to hear you say something like that is is very uh, uh, is very cool. So, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I want to ask you about um, one of your teammates in the '90s, Neil Anderson, who I think is criminally underrated. And I want to know: Do you agree? And if so, why do you think he's so underrated? It's a really good question. I think probably the underrated part is probably because he played the position that Walter played. And there's been no better back in the history of the National Football League when you factor in, you know, every aspect, running the ball, receiving, blocking, all of that stuff. I firmly believe that Walter was the very, very best. Um, You know, when you're the guy that takes over for Walter – um, you probably aren't as recognized as you should. Neil was one of my favorite teammates of all time. I think Neil was 
I know Neil was universally loved inside that our locker room and our huddle and universally respected. He was the hardest worker, you know, in that huddle, um, tough as nails, uh, fabulous player. I don't know that most people don't realize that Neil got his start because he was playing behind Walter as a special teamer. He was a great special teams player. And, um, you know, he's just, he's one of my favorite teammates and he's somebody that I think after eight years, he decided he had had enough. And, um, and, and that decision's really hard, but I respect the hell out of him for making it, that it was time for him to, to move on. But Neil was great. We, we had a group, we had a, a, a group of guys back in the day. It was me and Harbaugh and Jim Morrissey and Ron Rivera, uh, and Neil and Jim Thornton and, Peter Tom Willis and God, the list went on and like we would go to the golf course as a group of sixteen, and we have four foursomes. Like that's like the crew we'd have, that's and cool. you'd have Oz and Harbaugh basically in a fist fight and holding up three <laughs> fighting over it with pop naturally. Still hitting three hundred twenty-five yard drives, and everyone was like, "Why the hell are you playing football? You should be on tour." Uh, but Neil could do everything. Neil was was just he's a great athlete, not just a great football player, but Neil could do everything. Neil was a was probably the best racquetball player on our team as well. Really? We had all court inside the old Hallis Hall. And nobody wanted a piece of Neil in there. That's awesome. All right, Tom, I got one. I had to, I have to ask a radio question. Big fan of you, you and Sylvie for years and years. Um, I want to know specifically from you guys, for you specifically, what is your favorite radio bit like thing that you've done and least favorite that maybe like i can't believe we're doing this this is so dumb like i know it's you guys been on the air for a long time but you know what stands out to you most the dumbest thing that we do um <laughs> that's you know there's so much to choose from <laughs> i would like to nominate clown day by the way as one. Well. that was that was something see like i'm glad you pointed that out because i had forgot that probably purposely uh, <laughs> I love that one dressed as clown I sat in that makeup chair for like two hours uh, we did a segment one time Sylvia will blush when he hears this like he's the ultimate you know I mean you know Sylvie Sylvie's got an idea for every segment every day I mean nobody works harder at the job nobody is more passionate about the job and more conscientious but always constantly trying to create something new and come up he had um he was one time like years ago he came up with this concept when we were doing like i think nine to one or nine to noon we were in that shift it was the lunch bunch and he called it soup and sandwich like people come in and have a soup and a sandwich and they would be part of the show like they would have a club they could come it was the dumbest (laughs) effing but he was so gung-ho about it. it never got off the ground never like but like he just he'll continually throw darts. I, I guess that's probably we go back and laugh all the time. But that's probably one of the things that was was most funny. I think the thing that we just kind of wrapped up, um, we just wrapped up our, our holiday parody song contest. And like we're so appreciative. We get like 250 entries and some of them are just some of them are crude and basic. And other of them are like they're like they're like Broadway you know, plays um, and, and Broadway songs. And it's just, we're constantly amazed at the talent of the people and the interest they have and, and the time and the effort that they put in to participate in this. And we had the events at Q bar in Darien on, on Friday 
and you know, the place was packed and we had five of the guys that, that performed. And it was just, I think it's the thing that we do that's most interactive with our audience. Um, and it's probably, and it's around obviously holiday time as well. So it's probably the thing that we enjoy most. I know our friend Ozzy from Australia submitted and, and has been streaming you guys nonstop to try to hear all the, the entries and stuff. It was fantastic. Tom, I know I speak for all of us when I, we just say thank you, not not just for being on the show, uh, which we obviously appreciate, but just always giving us something to listen and being a, a passionate fan of the team that you played for and uh, just all that you do for Chicago sports and just thank you for keeping us entertained. And seriously, thank you so much for being on the bear down Chicago podcast. Yeah, it's my pleasure guys. Keep doing what you do. Uh, it means a lot to everyone in this town. It means a lot to the, to the guys that play as well to be supported. And um, I'm thrilled that you asked me uh, to join you guys. So uh, thanks very much. And I hope you all have a great holiday. Thank you so much. Thank you. Right, you, you too, Tom. Tom. Thank you. Thanks Tom. You too. All right, guys. Well, there that he was, is, everyone. That was cool, man. There he yeah. is, Tom Waddle. You know what, Jack? Round of applause to you, my friend. That was Jack's doing. That for anyone that doesn't know, you know, that was that was just awesome. Such great insight. You know, there's a reason they call him America's sweetheart, right? <laughs> Thank you, Brendan. I was saying, like a little bit of a pullback the curtain because we've got like this sequence of questions to ask, and I'm just watching <laughs> Shells, and Shells is just so he is so enamored in the interview, like a kid, yeah, like at a Christmas was, show. We're like, hey, who's asking we're the next question? Like, hey, hey, just, hey, you're up, buddy. Hey, you're up. Oh, okay, not, okay, just, just like now, I'm just just it on was, his football knee. It was hilariously great. <laughs> I was trying not to fanboy too hard, but that was, I mean, seriously, guys, like. Like as a kid that grew up in upstate New York, like that was my jam. It was horrible out to waddle, and that's what I grew up with. You know, I wanted to ask him uh, if he thought Brad Muster had the largest shoulder pads in NFL history. Oh, yeah. We didn't get to that question. I'm pretty sure the answer is yes. Uh, but honestly, like that was just such a cool experience to get to talk to him. Um, you know, as a fan of the Bears, he's one of the most measured, like rational. Uh, radio personalities out there. That's what I love about Tom Waddles. When you have a game that maybe is cataclysmic and doesn't go the way you want it to, and you get on the radio and you listen to him, and he just kind of has a way to bring it back down to earth and go, okay, just let's just parse this out and 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 talk about what it is uh, and not get too overexcited either way. So I, I appreciate him as a professional, as a radio personality, but I have to admit that was just super cool to talk to him as a fan. Uh, so sorry for fanning out there, guys. No, dude, it, absolutely it's, not. Dude, We're that's all, I that's it. why we do this, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just you know when when we were with the Bear Down Report and I got to talk to Adrian Peterson, it was just like I used you in Madden sometimes. And remember that time that you ran for yeah. the touchdown against the Packers. <laughs> That I mean, we're awesome. like best friends now, and I'll probably tell this story how like I just had some beers with Tom Waddle right, and right. football. And, Virtual business. Uh, we don't need it. Yeah, we don't need. I just details. like real quickly to peel back the per- curtain again. Shells has been asking like all week. I want to ask this interesting question, and all I'm week. like, Shells, do it. It's a good question. He's like, Yeah, but I really want to ask it because I think it'd just be fun. It means a lot to me. I was like, Shells, ask the question, and then you're like so zoned in. I'm like, He's not gonna ask it, so I gotta. I wanted to make sure I got you. <laughs> it was just so funny. I love it. Like, 
That's genuine. That's genuine. It was. <laughs> we loved it. Those guys, I think, you know, what's awesome is in the last few years, we've needed laughter. And they provide so much laughter, yeah. you know, from, from Sylvie talking about sometimes you gamble and lose and crap your pants or <laughs> Waddle talking about his disgusting toes or uh, the time that he said he had a hot dog smothered in underwear. And he just, <laughs> the, you you listen and laugh. And it's uh, yeah. it was so nice to, to have him join us. It was really, really cool. Hey, let's let's pay some bills, boys. I, uh, now you can see it. I got my... My hair did. Uh, Will is the man. Will's talk about funny. Will's funny. Uh, so you got to go to Sheridan's uh, Sheridan's Barbershop, loca- located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for sixty-seven years. Check that sixty-eight years. These guys are, are epic. They've been around forever. They've got six barbers. They're open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They have uh, appointments that you can book. They're available online, or you can call them on the phone. Go to SheridansBarbershop.com or call 630-668-0137 and book yours today. Sheridan's Barbershop, more traditional meets modern. Guys, you know what's scarier than facing down Jack Sanborn as you're trying to run the ball? Uh, realizing that Christmas is next week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. You may have a gift. You may not. And you may also just be looking for gifts maybe for the rest of the year, like a birthday coming up or back even Valentine's Day as we get into the year. And if you are, please check out our guy, Fan Art by Levi on Etsy. If you want something truly unique for yourself or someone else, go to Fan Art by Levi shop on Etsy. It features over 100 different original pieces of spray paint art. It looks fantastic. Each painting is original, signed, and it's one of a kind. It features sports teams, superheroes, Star Wars, Pokemon, and more. It's not just, you know, sports. It can, you know, really be a lot of different things. He's really talented. So you can find amazing and affordable art at the Fan Art by Levi, all one word, shop on Etsy. So Etsy.com or search Fan Art by Levi. Uh, And Levi is sponsoring Brendan's Breakdown, which is back this week because we have a bye week. And guys, I know I look like a Chicago Bear Santa person right now because I was at the game today. And Jack even asked, he's like, are you going to have Brendan's Breakdown? Of course I'm going to have Brendan's Breakdown. Right. I can do it. I can do it all. I still even kind of have my voice a little bit, even though I was yelling. So without further ado. It was a World Cup final for the ages as Argentina and France. Oh, wait, sorry. Wrong, wrong one. Hold on. It's Christmas time in the NFL and the Philadelphia Eagles fans flock to Soldier Field with batteries in hand, waiting to pelt Santa Claus as is tradition. And this game between the Birds and the Bears was surely a slugfest to start. Kyler Gordon Ramsey belittled the Eagles offense by turning them into an idiot sandwich with a pick. But just like the World Cup, there was a lot of kicking going on in the first half. That is until David Beckham Montgomery bent the defense backwards with a score to give the Bears an early lead. The Eagles finally took flight, however. Jalen, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. No more. Did begin to hurt Bears fans, scoring two rushing touchdowns to give Philly the lead. The Bears got it back with another run by Montgomery and an interception by DeAndre Houston, Carson Peary, Scott, former department store. But like the store, it was closing time for the Bears. 
The Eagles, once again, asked everyone to remember that they're the best team in the league when Miles Bernie Sanders dove into the end zone. And even a spectacular play by Justin Fields to Byron Pringle couldn't keep this game from going down the tubes. Bears lose 25-20. L-O-S-E-R-S. Losers. All right, so another peel back the curtain. We are trying so hard to figure all this stuff out, and we have new music. The reason why we have new music is, well, first of all, Blackie Chan, uh, phenomenal. Beats by Blackie Chan. He does the intro, um, and he does our outro music, and we just we knew that if we are going to go live on YouTube and sponsorship and all that stuff, that we should probably... CYA and so we chose new music so big 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 shout out to our guy Black Chan Beats phenomenal work and so that's Brendan's breakdowns new music hope you all liked that one uh, we're obviously very very big fans of it so boys we got to hear Tommy Waddle we got to hear a lot of Tommy Waddle so let's do this let's do some very very quick please very brief gentlemen breakdowns of the game what we kind of thought so let's go Patrick Sheldon Brendan Chagrew, Jack Wright, and I will finish it up. Overall thoughts of the games, boys. Two quick things. I thought Justin Fields' growth was uh, on full display today. Some of the throws that he made, uh, particularly the check down after the interception, after uh, the Bears turned the ball over and Fields got, I think it was like the first or second play, he checked down off a of play action and instead of running the ball, instead of taking a shot, he just made the smarter play, the easy one. That showed a lot of growth. There were a lot of other plays like that I thought today. The other thing was the play calling. Uh, not mad at Luke Getzey at all. I was mad last week because I thought the offensive line held up really well and gave him opportunities to throw, and they could have thrown more. Today was the exact opposite. The O-line was terrible. Fields had no time to throw. Um, so I felt like Getzey was trying to do a lot with a little. So not mad at all about the play calling today. Um, not really mad about the loss. I thought Fields continued to ascend, and that's really what I'm looking for in the final few weeks of the season. So as I said, oh. Did we just lose Brendan? I think we lost him. We lost Brendan in the middle. Or of he's our... completely punking us right now <laughs> on our very Wouldn't first. Can you live imagine show. if he froze that way on purpose? That would be kind of cool, actually. Of course, you know what it it's is. Perfect. His him and his wife have a Peloton, and I bet you okay. that she has a class going right now. We're gonna Good for her. You know, get a sweat in. <laughs> he's got that. Oh my God, is she go, on the Peloton right, right now? Look. <laughs> <laughs> perfectly it couldn't go out with a couple hitches hey at least of we course. got a time model on all right so jack let's hear your thoughts on the game while brendan is still frozen he's just i love it kind of he looks so cute doesn't he, he looks he cute uh oh he'll be back okay so listen i i'm just impressed i'm i'm impressed with the staff i i tweeted it out if you're still concerned about this staff i'm concerned about you because how you can go seven games in a row with losses and still maintain a positive culture in the locker room still fight with all of your might neck for neck with one of the best teams in the nfl that they've proven themselves to me and I, I know ryan rightfully so you're you're being hesitant because we've you know fool me once shame on shame on you fool me twice shame on me with with the last staff but they the the fact that they are so well prepared they they schemed well today they had philly confused yeah for almost the entire yeah. first half they they had philly confused mm -hmm. a defense that is threadbare completely undermanned on both sides of the ball and we went toe to toe with with the eagles i mean 
I just feel like I can't say enough good things. And in his, his post post game press conference, he owns it, man. Like he's in charge of this team. He's not down. He's not negative. He's not. He's not sad. His dobber's not down. He's not. He's not defeated at all. Like he stands up there, he takes the questions, and he says, "What we still do every week is we ask our players to come in with a championship attitude, like laser focus, and and that's what they're doing." And I'm I am I'm super impressed by that. Sorry, boys, just trying to make sure that Brendan is able to get back in at some point. I'm sorry, I still can't stop smiling about that one. I don't I don't know how you could be anything but like happy about this game. I know, I know, Jack, we want to win. You know, it's good for the culture. Yes, I totally agree. But that's the best team in the NFL. Yeah. And you not only played like against them, toe to toe, like you played really, really well where I know Eagles fans were sweating considerably throughout that game. Jalen Hurts... I mean, that, that's that's legitimate MVP candidate, and he did not look it for much of that game. He Now, he has Devonta Smith, and he has uh, A.J. Brown to throw to. Those guys are stellar. But I also look back at the Jalens, right? Jalen Johnson um, and Jalen... Jones. Jalen Jones, thank you so much. And looking at those, both of those guys, you just thought... I thought they played incredibly well for most of that game. Yeah. Yes, they gave up a lot of yards, but but again, boys, that that offense is has been tearing everybody apart and they didn't do that against the Chicago Bears. I, I, I will say this, Alan Williams and Iberflus, I think this is one of the best games that they have coached all season long. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. And I just real quick off of your point, Jack, no Claypool, no Mooney, no Herbert. Uh they lost Jenkins. Um, it, it lost Equinamia St. Brown very early in the game, and for them to go toe to toe with the with the Eagles and it put up as many points as they did should have been more. Um, if if Santos could kick a forty eight yard field goal and and kick an extra point, um, but for them to do that with the talent that he's got around him is just in my mind it's remarkable, and it, it really gives me a lot of confidence and hope going forward. All right, boys. So we are waiting for Brendan to get back, but it is time to go to the outhouse and the penthouse. The outhouse and the penthouse is brought to you by our guy, Jeff Cadwallader. Interest rates are up. Prices are up. Does that mean that real estate is dead? It's not. But when you have questions, Jeff Cadwallader, Jeff Cadwallader, Christie's International, has your answers. He is the absolute best. You're not going to find a guy better than Jeff. Go, GenevaJeff.com. Just reach out to him. Just talk to him for a little bit. You're going to be just really, really impressed with the things that he does, and he's just an absolutely wonderful guy. So if you do talk to Jeff, if you could do us a giant favor, folks, and just let him know that the guys at the Bear Down Chicago podcast say hello. So, boys, here's what we're going to do. Since Brendan is not here, we're kind of hoping that he will get back. We're going to go Patrick Sheldon, Jack Wright, me, and then Brendan Shagru will finish it up. So, obviously, Bears lose. We're going to start in the outhouse. What do we got here, boys? So my outhouse is going to go to injuries. Um, it, it, the Bears have not stayed healthy this year. It's tough when you've got a talent-deficient team and uh, you can't keep the players on the field. Um, and we had a lot of injuries today. I hope Tevin Jenkins comes back okay. That was scary, guys. Um, it looked kind of innocuous when you watched the play. 
and uh, and for him to go off on the stretcher like that, really kind of scary stuff. So uh, hoping for a full and quick recovery for Tevin Jenkins, but the injuries it, with a team that has, is talent deficient and a lack of depth, um, these are really going to hurt going forward. And I know Tommy Waddle said it earlier, like there was a point where you just went, hey, if Fields doesn't come back in the game, I may be okay with that. Uh, you just hope that they can hold up long enough to keep him upright and keep him healthy. I mean, Alex Leatherwood, maybe that's low-hanging fruit. He was put in a, an incredibly difficult position. I understand that the Bears want to see what they have in their first-round draft pick. Not not theirs, actually, the Raiders. But you've got to put him under fire and see what it is that he is capable of doing. Perhaps he, he needed help. Perhaps it was a scheme issue. But in terms of just straight-up technique, he got his nose out over his toes. So he was in really bad position quite a bit and you know allowed two sacks and put the offense in jeopardy, put fields in jeopardy. Again, I like that the Bears are patient with players and try to develop them, but but that was bad. Leatherwood's in my in my outhouse. So I'm going to do just one specific play, which is, and everybody know, is going to know exactly what I'm talking about. It's third and short, and Luke Getze decides to run some kind of rollout or something. What are you doing, man? It's you, I mean, you've got literally, literally the best run offense in the entire league. Run the ball and and do it. Just a quick one. Uh, Kari Blazengame, maybe Justin Fields. Whatever you're going to do, do a quick run. Whatever that was, not good. Not a fan. Hi, guys. Technology's a hey, bitch. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think he's been said yet because I joined halfway through. Vailless Jones Jr. And I did that purposely because there's a lot of L's in there. What does this guy do well? I mean, Jesus, he's he cannot even get end arounds right without fumbling the ball. Barely had any touches. This was a perfect opportunity for him to make a statement because of so many wide receivers that are out. Again, the fumble off of the uh, end around. The deep ball, which I don't know. He just didn't look like he knew where the ball was even going. So it's really concerning now. Like we are way past the point of, hey, this is just like a rookie, you know, hurdle to get over. I don't know how much this guy can play. He's fast and that's about it. So that this could be one of the one of the worst third round picks in recent memory. Just behind Brandon Harden. Wow, now that's a name. Exactly. All right, boys. Let's head out to the penthouse for this. We're gonna go. Brendan, you're gonna go first. You've had those technology issues, and then we'll continue the order the way that we did before. So Patrick Sheldon, you're gonna go second, Jack, you're gonna go third, and I will finish it up. Let's go to the penthouse, boys. All right, this one's easy for me. Um, Jalen Johnson, what a game. What a game. This was like Jalen Johnson's coming out party, and maybe he didn't get like an interception. Yes, he did let up that big, you know, play to A.J. Brown, but that was still like perfectly covered. They were trying him time in and time out. He did a phenomenal job on A.J. Brown almost all game long. Uh, this, This is the player I was expecting to see. You want to be a shutdown corner? That's how you do it against A.J. Brown, making those, you know, really tight coverages, the pass defensed in the end zone, easily batting that away. I was, I'm so impressed with Jalen Johnson. Uh, I just can't say enough. Like, that was awesome. I'm going to stay in the backfield, and I'm going to go with Kyler Gordon. I know he's been much maligned this year. Uh, again, we've talked about it. he's asked. He's been asked to do a ton this year, and what a game. He had a, a, a fumble recovery and an interception, so kudos to Kyle Gordon. Uh, he's in my penthouse. Jack, before you go, can I just say, I think 
I've been right about Valus Jones, but I think I've, I was wrong about Kyler Gordon. He was just developing and being asked to do a lot. Uh, he sure looks like that dude can play. So I think at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to admit that. It's cool in both of those instances because I think one of the things I thought a lot about with this particular team is that we needed more guys to transcend. Like, just it, we're, There's all these opportunities for guys to show. They're getting plenty of opportunities, Valus Jones, et cetera, but, but they're just not showing. Like, help Justin out. <laughs> like, show up more. And it's just been a little disappointing that more guys haven't haven't done that. I mentioned it earlier. I just, I'm really impressed with the defense the last two weeks. I mean, against all freaking odds, you send away Robert Quinn, you send away Roquan, and you can still somehow fly to the ball and, and, and tackle with great. I mean, they. They laid some wood today, boys. There was some thumping out there. Uh, and like I said, I think they schemed it incredibly well. They had, they had Philly on their, on their heels. Uh, they picked Hurts twice. Uh, I mean, they, the defense was, I'm just impressed, undermanned, and they still were solid last week and this week. I'm taking the low-hanging fruit. Nobody else took it. I know we keeps getting one every week, but... How do you not say something amazing about Justin Fields? That almost touchdown run. Wow. It, that might be one of the best plays I've ever watched live in a game while watching the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I saw Devin Hester play, so I've, I've really got to go back and look at some of that stuff. But he just, every single time he takes off to run or he's got a second to throw that deep ball, it's like, it's it's like when you were a little kid and that moment before you open your presents on Christmas, you're like, all the things that could happen. I, just, I know it's going to be fun, but I don't know what it's going to be. That's watching Justin Fields play football. Sure, let's let's talk stats for a second. He's 14 for 21, 152 yards with two tutties. But boys, 15 rushes for 95 yards, has 1,000 yards on the season in Week 14. We still have games left to play. I know he doesn't want to. He talked about it in his presser today that he doesn't want to be the 1,000-yard rusher all the time. But he's just so damn fun to watch when he has the football in his hands. And they he did that with an Eagles defense. I know I got cut off when I was saying it. They planned for that, and they did a good job, and he was still able to get 95 yards. They threw the kitchen sink at him. And it still happened. It's crazy. He just blows your mind every single week. All right. So, boys, we're really – It's. I, I was hoping we'd have a few more from our live listeners. Uh, just first of all, all of you that are live listening, thank you so very much. Uh, we're getting to see some really cool stuff from you guys uh, in the chat. Uh, hoping to get a few true-false, but this is our, our, our first one, so hopefully we'll have a few more ready to go for next time. So I've really only got – one true false which is the Chicago Bears will win one more game this season. Let's go again, Brendan, Patrick, Jack, and I will finish it up. Well, yeah, I think they will now because if the Vikings had not had their just historic comeback on Saturday, they the Vikings would have had to play something for something because they were just in a tailspin and so they clinched the division. I doubt they're going to be able to have a chance at the, I, I don't think they're, they're, I think they're out of the, uh, the one seed, but I think there's a good chance that um, they rest some players and the bears could get a win on their home turf in, in weeks 18, which 
I'm sure some people would be mad about that. So, yeah, I think they get one, and it's against the Vikings. I'm going to say false. I think the last game of the season, you got to see what you have in Nathan Peterman going forward, guys, right? You got to. <laughs> Dude, I almost left when I, I saw was like, him. I was like. <laughs> he got in the game. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, but I mean, like like, like Tom said, I, I you're at the last game of the season. You've got the number two overall pick locked up, but for a Vikings team that has nothing to play for, maybe that's the time to make sure that Justin Fields is healthy for next season. Um, so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past the regime to, to, you know, protect some players in that last meaningless game. The lions are playing for something now. So they're going to be extra motivated a game at the beginning of the season. I thought maybe was a winnable one. It's looking a lot tougher now. Uh, the bills next yikes. Um, so it really, to me, is that Vikings game, and I could totally see them just, you know, sitting some guys and and maybe rolling into the draft with the number two overall pick. I just want to say I like Shells as the Bills. Yikes! That's Yikes. his yeah. analysis. I mean, what do you? What else do you have to say? <laughs> I feel like Nathan Peterman should be like on a Netflix show or like a character in Family Guy. <laughs> like, what, like every time I hear his name, I'm just like Nathan Peterman. <laughs> So uh, I'm going to say true. We've got Bills, Lions, Vikings. Uh, spoilers, maybe, against the Lions. I, I, the Bears stay in games, and they're going to, you know, a blind squirrel gets a nut. They're going to end up winning a game uh, in this last three games. I'm, I'm going to say I'm gonna say true. I'm going to say false. I think that the Bears are going to lose out. And I think they're going to be hyper competitive in all three of the rest of these games. I think that they may actually give the Buffalo Bills a few fits in the first half or in the first three quarters before the Bills pull away. But uh, yeah, I just I just don't think I see it happening this season. All right, so we got two submissions, and we'll try yeah. to do these really quick. Let's go, before listeners. Before we get to shoutouts this week. <laughs> all right, so our buddy Connor Wright, true or false? Sanborn better than Roquan. Same order, boys. Oh, is it me? That's right. I am first. Um, no, false, false. Roquan is still Roquan. I mean, Sanborn is a great story. I like him. Like, I'm not taking anything away from him. But, I mean, Roquan is a hell of a player. I think we just have a jaded view of him because of the contract negotiations and all that. So, you know, not taking anything away from Sanborn, but I'd still take Roquan in a vacuum with him. I'll agree. I'll say false. I'll say Sanborn's the better value for this team, but not the better player. I'll say true and just go straight up meatball. Jack freaking Sanborn, the jackhammer. That guy, that dog can hunt. He finds the ball. He's always around the ball. Uh, he's an absolute beast. He, I think running backs uh, are fearful of him because he finds them in the backfield and smokes them. He is better than Roquan. He's not better than Roquan, but he's a lot faster than advertised. Uh, at one point in the game, just he, he's he's just so damn quick. So, boys, uh, here's what we're going to do, because we are buttoning up against our normal time. We've got some other true-false. So here, let me throw this idea out to you guys, and you can let me know what you think, boys. I think we're going to go ahead and we're going to finish up with shout-outs, and then we're going to get out of here, but we're going to keep the live stream going. So we'll stop the audio recording so people that are listening will just hear that. And then people that want to hang out with us on Twi- uh, on YouTube rather, can we can we can go back and forth with a few questions. Are you are you boys okay with that? Golden. Let's do it. Yeah. Sure. 
Absolutely. Right, awesome. So uh, if you have a couple more true false, keep those rolling and we will finish that up after we get to shout outs. So boys, uh, just one more time, just before we give out shout outs, just Blackie Chan, just phenomenal stuff. I know a couple listeners have asked about it. He's got our the, the beginning and the end and now he's got uh, Brendan's breakdown, which is so good. We're, we're such a fan of that. And so for all of you that are tuning in for our very first live episode, uh, <laughs> Brendan's malfunctions and all, right? Uh, it is, it's just awesome uh, that we, we started this thing a while ago and you guys are hanging out with us. So let's go to individual shout outs for this. Let's go Brendan, Patrick, Jack, and I will finish it up. Shout outs, boys. You know, it's funny. It's actually, it was actually the internet. It wasn't like my wife, like streaming too many things that just kicked me off. So, you know, we're, it is what it is, but uh, no. And real quickly to echo uh, Blackie Chan, Dude, I I had like a big hand in like, you know, wanting to pick the music for all that. And I, you know, the one, the latest track you sent, I'm like, dude, that's it. That's perfect. Awesome beats. And, you know, definitely if you're, you know, in the market for him, definitely check this dude out. He's he's going places. All right. My shout outs real quickly. Um, my shout out. First go, shout out goes to my mom. It is one. She was on the live stream because she has such a crush on Tom Waddle. She may still be here. Yes. <laughs> uh, she shrieked when I told her on the phone that we were having him on. So she's a big fan. And it is also her birthday today. Oh, uh, happy, yeah. birthday. happy birthday. So happy Let's birthday, go. mom. I love you. I'm glad that I was able to well, Jack slash I'll take credit <laughs> that Tom Waddle could be there for your birthday. You know, totally, you know, planned as usual um no so that was that was really cool so jack you helped make my mom's birthday even special so i got welcome. you mrs sugar i've got you <laughs> we've got you <laughs> um and then like i said i went to the game today with some great friends uh you know uh another one whose birthday is this week uh, my boy nick andrevic uh shout out to you man thank you for organizing the trip it was so fun to be with all my guys um you know watch a fun game uh my best bud brad him and i sitting together um uh, just always a fun time like this dude is like the most diehard of diehard fans like we go nuts together it's half the reason i don't have a voice um and then another buddy i meant to shout this guy out a few weeks ago so i apologize frank pador he's a guy he actually was the one who um did our the voiceover that you hear every time but he's also somebody who's getting more into the nfl and he's like asking questions you know i'm reconnecting you know able to talk with him because it's been a while since him and i've connected so shout out to him he's on twitter um at fapism <laughs> i'll put that out yeah i know <laughs> it's his name but of course goes out um and then just again going to the game uh shout out to my uncle johnny for you know helping me get tickets i love you i always appreciative anytime i can go to a bears game so i know it was a lot of shout outs but it was a busy day she grew who's got a bigger crush on waddle your mom or me That's uh well That's well i had the shit. first time the first time i went to a live uh radio appearance i had tom sign a autograph for my mom just say it's just says hey cecilia you're hot love tom so <laughs> I don't know. Do you have an autograph from Tom? <laughs> he might. No. I, no. He, might. he never he never sent my boxers back autograph. So I don't know. We'll have to 
What? what? There it is. That's we're live. There we're live. There. Yeah, we're live. Yeah, we're live. Took you like, like an hour first hiccup. Um, Family-ish yeah. out the window. <laughs> Seriously, shout out to me for not using one innuendo for our entire first live Impressive. show. Impressive. I'm showed great restraint. The live I almost did. When I was yet. telling the story about the bush, I almost said giant bush, and I was like, don't say that. I actually thought you were going there. But so yeah. that whole I not did. getting an innuendo, you just, <laughs> you just you oh, set was, yourself up? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> so I got a few shout outs to uh, some Twitter followers that I've interacted with a lot recently that um, I've enjoyed. Uh, Todd Welter, our guy, our biggest hype man. We appreciate you. He is at Todd J Dub. Uh, Ryan Schlancer. I hope I'm saying your name right, because up until like a second ago, I read it as Schlossner, which I'm, I'm thinking like I need to get some prescription eyeglasses. Uh, but he is at Ryan Schlancer. S-C-H-L-A-N-S-E-R. And then Warren Gully, he's at Warren Gully. Uh, really enjoyed our interactions lately and appreciate it. Um, I also want to shout out Santa. Uh, we are a week from Christmas. Santa, if you're listening, I would like an A.J. Brown. Uh, I would take a Devontae Smith. I want an offensive line like half as good as what the Eagles have. So uh, I understand you got a lot to do in the next week and you got a lot of people to to drop off gifts for. But if you could see fit um, this draft and free agency to maybe throw some stuff like that our way, we would really appreciate it. It would make our year. So uh, shout out a to big guy in the red suit. I can say with relative confidence that you're on the naughty list. You think so? So I don't know if that's going to happen, but uh, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for you. Uh, Ryan, I've had people tell me that they don't even fast forward through the intro because they love the vibe of the music so much. So it's really cool. Um, So shout out to Blackie Chan again. Uh, Shout out to Tom Waddle. I mean... To, to meet him in person, as I mentioned, and, and I just complimented or I thanked Sylvie for being on the show and just looked at Tom and said, we'd love to have you on the show sometime. And he's like, sure. Wait, what, what's the show? What do you guys do? Um, we took a photo and then I said, well, how can I get a hold of you? And he just he pens out his email and, and hands it to me. And then not only that, continues to correspond with me, you know, back and forth you know, via via email. And the only reason I mentioned that is because he could have just friggin' ghosted us at any moment and he didn't. You know, he was responsive, he was available, he was willing. And uh, I mean, really, really thank you. Thank you to Tom Waddle. Uh, quickly to my son, Connor, because he sent me a great message, you know, wishing us luck before the show. And then thanks, thanks Ryan, for reading a couple of his uh, his prompts. That was really cool of you. I appreciate that. Uh, I was really, like, active on Twitter today because the, the, the Bears are tanking crowd had me kind of PO'd. Uh, so I made some friends, maybe. <laughs> uh, so Jeffrey Carter, is a, he added me as a friend, and I added him back. He's at jcarter54. Um, Talk Sports Chicago has been uh, really interactive with with our show, especially, and they're at Talk Sports Shy. Uh, and then uh, Matt Karstensen, uh, who is at Bears Nerd, love that handle. Uh, all of those folks uh, I added as friends today, and I'm appreciative. 
So first, before I get into, okay, I've got a bunch of shout outs. I know all of you are shocked by that, that I have a lot of shout outs. Adam Rank and Carmen Vitali. That was so cool. So I was the last of this crew uh, that's present. Logan hasn't been on, but Logan will be on at some point, at least Adam, Adam said so. So I, I hold him to his word. He, he had me on the show. I had an absolute blast. Both of them are wonderful. Um, and Carmen is going to come on to our show at some point. And she, she's phenomenal. Awesome. She does everything. She's she awesome. North. She's so freaking good. I can't wait to have her. But to get this that all of you are seeing, well, at least some of you are seeing, uh, has... <laughs> to say it was time consuming would be a huge, huge understatement. And there are a couple people that, that I absolutely positively have to thank for that. The first one is Matt at Roar of the Lions. He's a wonderful, wonderful guy. And, you know, just talking about software and how to do this and the best way to go about doing it. And even though they cheer for the Detroit Lions, uh, they are just truly wonderful guys and help me walk through a whole bunch of technical issues. And then I also have to thank Tim Johnson good buddy of ours, uh, Jack, and I work with him, as well as Nikhil Ghosh, who was the best man, my, best man in my wedding and has been one of my best friends uh, since sophomore year of high school, just running through technical stuff, even though he doesn't care about football really much at all. So thank you to those guys. For all of us, folks, and I just got to just take a quick pause here. We are so unbelievably thankful for all of you uh, for listening, for sharing, for uh, interacting, for absolutely everything that you do. So we just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you so, so very much. It is just, oh, we're just so, so thrilled for all of you. So uh, I know Logan couldn't be here, but for Jack Wright, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, I am Ryan Dangle for all of us at the Bear Down Chicago podcast. Man, it feels good to say that and see all of you live. Folks, thank you so much. And as always, Bear Down Chicago. Bear Down Chicago.